this is Kane Hodder. Uh, hope to see everybody in Louisville at the Days of the Dead show, September 1st through the 3rd at the airport Crown Plaza. Come over here and have a good time. Maybe I'll choke you. Maybe I'll walk away. See ya. Awesome. Welcome to the Phantasm Podcast. Um, this is your host, Dr. Vincent West, and I'm here today with actor, stuntman, author, horror icon, uh, Kane Hodder. How you doing? I'm good, thanks. Awesome. Oh, doctor, what is that? My fun name for the... <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, so we'll, uh, we'll just kind of start right off with the bat here, um, how did you? This stuff I'm dying to talk to you about. Um, how did you get started with uh, with being a stuntman? Uh, very slowly. I once I decided that's what I wanted to do. Uh, it's easier said than done. It's the kind of business that's very very difficult to get into um, because you know it's a, a safety issue. Nobody wants to hire you to do something dangerous if they don't know who you are. And how do you get known doing stunts if nobody will hire you? So it's a, a real tough situation, and uh, I didn't really have too many uh, ideas about how to get started. I just went to L.A. and just started, you know, banging on doors, really. And uh, it took a long time, and for... First of all, it, it, you have to get into the Screen Actors Guild because every stunt person, every actor uh, in the business is a member of that union. And that's a very difficult thing to do. Uh, once I did that, then I was technically eligible to do stunts. But then once again, like I said, nobody would hire me because I didn't have any re reputation. I didn't have any family members previously in the business or anything so uh, it took a long time to get going but every time I got a chance to do something it renewed my uh, energy to continue because even though the first few jobs were very far between each other um, I loved it so much that I couldn't wait for the next one so I didn't really care how long it took right I was young enough and, you know, so eventually I started working more and more and it was a very gradual process and then I finally was able to make a living. Talk with you, you saying here, Lone Wolf McQuaid, was that the first film that you did? It was the first film that I did anything of consequence in. It was the first time I, I went on location I was in El Paso, Texas for two months. Okay. And working on the whole, you know, from beginning to end. And uh, so it was the first time I really did anything decent and uh, did quite a few fun things on that one. How was Chuck Norris? He's the best, man. And he still is because I worked with him, like I said, for that whole time. And then I did several 
several episodes of Walker, Texas Ranger. Awesome. After that. And uh, he, he's just one of the, the good guys of Hollywood. You know, there's plenty of assholes in this business, and I've run into some of those too, but he's one of the good guys, and his sons are, you know, in particular, one of them, Eric, is a very successful stuntman, stunt coordinator himself. Awesome. And uh, he uh, has done very well, and he has the same type of attitude, just a good guy. That's awesome. I noticed you had done uh, stunt work in some Seagal films. What was that like working with him? Uh, not quite the same. Not, not quite the same as Chuck. It, uh, um, I did four films right. with Paul. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of fun stuff in there and, you know did some fight scenes and some other stuff uh and uh it was fun just because I was working and doing some good stuff but little different circumstances gotcha I noticed you were in you did uh stunt work in The Last Boy Scout I'm a huge fan of that film that's like my favorite Bruce Willis film what was that like uh that was fun I mean I I did a lot of uh driving stuff in that one that's amazing Uh, (laughs) I love that movie Oddly enough, uh, was the first time that I ever worked with uh, Danielle Harris. Really? Oh, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, his, his daughter or whatever, I believe, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yep. That's awesome. Um, go back to the to uh, the horror stuff. Uh, so, Hills Have Us Part 2, was that your first horror film that you did stunt work in? I, I believe it was. What was Wes like? Yeah, he was fantastic. And, and you know, I, I've talked about this a little bit in my documentary, which just uh, premiered in London. To Helen back. Yeah, the Kane Hodder story. Yeah. Right. It just premiered in London, so I was there with uh, the director. And uh, uh, in, in the documentary... I talk about working on Hills of Eyes 2, and this is the original Hills of Eyes 2. Right, yeah. obviously, they remade 1 and 2 again. Right. But, uh, uh, we, we did, I doubled a character called the Reaper. I did, I doubled him, and, and it was just a pleasure working with Wes, and that's why, you know, years later, or, I'm not sure exactly how long uh, after. I'm going to look up something here real quick. Sure. Uh, let's see. I just want to see when that movie came out. Oh, 85. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, okay. Guess that makes sense. And then... Well, the whole point being, shortly after I did that movie, I had a little meeting with Wes, and he said he was developing uh, a new horror movie, and he was knowing that I had been burned, talking about it on the set, um, he knew I had burn scars, right. and he said he's developing a new character and he's thinking about using an actor that has real burn scars. 
for the authenticity of the character. Right. And he said, yeah, the guy's name is going to be Fred Krueger. And I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. And, of course, as we know, um, the following year, because the Nightmare came out 84, so we must have shot Kills Have Eyes before that. Yeah, I think... Yeah, because the Blu-ray, I think it said it was shot in like 82 or 83. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like 83 we shot it. And then, you know, shortly after that, he told me about this Fred Krueger thing. And uh, as we all know, it went to uh, a far more established actor in Robert England, And they went with makeup instead of real burn scars. But it was kind of a cool thing to have been, even if it was briefly. No, it's awesome. Uh, so, considered to maybe play that character. That's 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 really cool. <laughs> and then um House in eighty six, I love that movie. That's a really cool film. Yeah, I do too. And that was the first movie that I stunt coordinated. Really? Um so that was a big one for me, yeah. I was the stunt coordinator on it, did everything practically on it myself, but um yeah, because I ended up doing all the house movies. I don't know if you knew that. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got the. I've actually got the Arrow box set, and then I've got the uh, the. I, I guess it's House Three in Europe, but it's it's the horror show is what I've got the the Scream Factory one. Yeah, yeah. I love those movies. Yeah, because I did some interview stuff for that. Box yeah, set, didn't I? You did. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, that was a that was a really fun movie. House. I, I just thought it was a very Oh, it's it is. It's great. It's I always uh, harken back to that and getting Steve Miner and everything. That was oh yeah, cool. it's awesome. Get to work you with know, him. That started my relationship with Sean Cunningham because I did every I coordinated the stunts in every movie he did for a long, long time. Oh, that's amazing. That's yeah. yeah he's done some great stuff. Um. Waxworks. I'm a big fan of that film. Waxwork. Uh, yeah. That's cool. And then Deep Star Six, I'm yeah, also a big I fan of. A couple days on that one, but, you know, Tony Hickox, that was cool. And, and you know, that Zach Galligan was in that, if you remember. Yeah. And he, I ended up killing him in uh, House, I mean, House, in Hatchet uh, 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's way we cool. Just, we, we just made uh, that full list with this last movie with Victor Crowley. So I can't wait to we're gonna and we're gonna dive right into that here in just a sec. I just want to ask you about a couple more of the older pictures of it's yeah, cool. Sure. Um, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three. Mm-hmm. You want to talk? Yeah, about? I was a stunt coordinator and I stunt 
stunt doubled R.A. Mahila for some scenes as Leatherface. So, what was that like? Um, that was great. I had some pretty big stunts to do in the movie. I had to flip a car and, you know, some other pretty good stuff. Get hit by a car as Leatherface. When, when the car backs into Leatherface, and I go up on the trunk and then fall off. That you know, that was that was me doing that scene and stuff. And I kind of got a, I believe, one of my undiagnosed concussions on that shot. Oh wow! If you, if you ever watch the movie again, it's very dark and kind of hard to see what's going on. But they get in the car. Bill Butler and Kate Hodge get in the car, and Leatherface is on the road, and they throw it in reverse and back into him. Right. He goes up on the trunk. And then they slam the brakes on. He goes flying off. When I went flying off, you could see my head smack the pavement um, pretty good. So take a look at that next time. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll do that later tonight, actually. (laughs) I'm a big fan of that movie. It was just really cool. Um, And then... Obviously, before I get to the all the Friday the Thirteenth stuff, I want to talk to you about um, the hatchet. Now, how did how did the uh, hatchet role, the Victor Crowley role, come about? Uh, you know, oddly enough, the guy that made me Jason, John Beekler, he was the one that pushed for me and convinced him that I should be the guy. Um, and he was working with Adam Green when they were developing the story and stuff and and Beekler said who's going to play Victor Crowley and Adam said because nobody knew who Adam was at this time right Adam says oh I'd love to get somebody like Kane Hodder to do it but I have no idea how to reach him and Beekler says okay let me give him a call so (laughs) he called me and told me about it and I agreed to um meet with and just uh, see see what he had to say. And I got such a good feeling from after the, during the meeting that I said, uh, hey, if this ever happens, I'd love to play the character. And sure enough, he got it going. That's amazing. I'm big fan uh those movies. Uh first one really stuck out with me when I saw it. And it's just really cool. It's a, it's, it's like nothing else was going on with that at that time. It's like a bunch of other like blah horror movies. And the Hatchet ones I thought were really cool. And to have you were do a role like Victor Crowley, it's just really fucking cool. Yeah, I, I love the character and I love Adam's writing. I mean, he is so clever with his dialogue stuff. When you can have people, and it happens in every Hatchet movie that I've seen with an audience... It's scary and, you know, some crazy over-the-kill violence. But then you're also laughing because they're so, the scripts are so well-written for the characters themselves that it's just a pleasure to watch that kind of movie. You're laughing one minute and then terrified the next. Right. And then you have a, uh, I guess would be the fourth Hatchet film, is that right, coming out? premiered it like last week on Tuesday of last week and uh, we did it in Hollywood where everybody thought they were coming to see a uh, 10th anniversary screening of the first Hatchet movie so the, the theater was packed 
with that, and then Adam got up in front and said, thanks for coming, and by the way, this is the new Hatchet movie that nobody knows about, because we shot this thing last year. That's awesome. And everybody involved kept the secret, and I, I am astounded that that actually happened. You shoot a movie, we shot it last September, and Adam said, I'm not sure when this is coming out, please don't say anything. This is to the cast and the entire crew. And nobody let the secret out. And that's incredible. Yeah, it really is. That's amazing. And now... uh, And then we we showed it in London, too, like I said. So, uh, But by that time, they knew what it really was. Right. And is that going to be playing in theaters and coming to Blu-ray and all that good stuff? Eventually. But the problem is that once it's in digital form, then it gets stolen and pirated, and then there's no way to recoup your money. Right. You know, because there's the people out there that think they're Robin Hood and doing favors to people by putting stuff online so they can see it for free have no idea that they're actually killing the uh, low budget film business not just horror films low budget films in general if you can't find, you know, convince a distributor how you can make your money back without a theatrical release because everybody steals it, then it, eventually there are going to be no small movies anymore. And I wish people would realize that that's what's happening instead of being like, ah, I don't care, they don't need to make money, and blah, 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 I'm right. it online so everybody can see it. And, you know, you're just killing jobs for people and everything else, and it just pisses me off. Oh, it's ridiculous. I'm a I'm a big collector. In fact, I'm sitting near my collection. I've got thousands of Blu-rays and CDs. I still buy CDs and and stuff. So, what's that? Thousands? Yeah, I've got thousands of Blu-rays and CDs. Yeah, I'm a wow. huge dork. <laughs> wow, that's pretty pretty amazing. But uh, but yeah, I totally agree with you. And it's it it makes me sick, you know, to see. Uh, stuff stolen like that, and and you know, first run movies, low budget movies, music, you know, because uh, it's just it's just ridiculous, and and um, yeah. But well, so Victor Crowley, that's that's exciting, and all the Hatchet fans out there, I'm sure we're all excited to get to to get to see that when when we're able to. Uh, yeah, wait, wait till you see the cast, and it. it's really pretty cool. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. I mean, it's on it's on IMDb now. Okay. For so long, but you know, got some fun people in it. It's amazing. So now I've got I've got to obviously been saving for this. I, I just want to tell you first of all, since growing up with that, I'm older and I, I love your portrayal of Jason Voorhees. Absolutely love it. Oh, thanks. And we'll go back in time here. How did that role come about for you to become Jason? Uh, Voorhees. Well, you know, it's a story I've told before, but I'll try to condense it a little bit. Uh, I did a movie in Wyoming in 1987, I believe. Okay. Uh, called Prison. 
Love that movie. I've got it on Blu-ray right beside me. And, you know, I was a stunt coordinator on it, so I was on it the whole time. It was Rennie Harlan's first American film that he directed. And and it just, it was an amazing experience. And at the end, toward the end of shooting, John Beaker, who was doing the makeup effects on the movie, came to me and said, look, uh, we built this makeup suit on another person that he's not going to be playing the character. Do you want to do it? And I hadn't really done any big prosthetic makeup jobs at all. I had a little bit on The Hills Have Eyes, but it was stunt doubling, so it wasn't really right. that big a deal. Uh, but he said, would you want to do it? And I said, of course I want to do it. Sure, it sounds interesting. And he was really happy with my performance in the makeup because it's a difficult thing to do to act when you're covered in foam latex sure and it's all glued on you and you've been sitting in the makeup chair for three and a half hours and he just liked how I used it how I really performed in the makeup and the following year he was hired to direct Friday the 13th Part 7 and said I, I, I know the guy I want to play Jason so he brought my name up to them and of course they had never heard of me right and they're like uh, well why him and he's, he tried to explain why and he said I'm I'm really insistent that Kane ought to play this and you know the first six movies had been a different guy playing Jason each yeah. time so they really didn't they really weren't set on anyone so they considered it, and Bickler took it upon himself to shoot uh, a screen test um, of me in a version of the costume and makeup doing some Jason-type things. Okay. And he paid for it. He put it together and then presented it to Paramount, saying, this is what the guy's going to look like when he plays the character. And they were very happy with what they saw, so uh, I was given the job. And it's all because of Beekler liking what I had done and something else. So you never know, you know, you got to do a job, do a good job on one movie, you never know what it could lead to. And that's a perfect example right there. I absolutely love, and I'm sure you've heard this a billion times, but the sleeping bag kill, man. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's that's my favorite Jason kill. Oh, it's so yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the only the only kill that tops that in my uh, repertoire of kills is ripping up the woman's head apart in the first Hatchet movie. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I just love it because I'm killing someone with something that, something that's not a weapon. Right. You know, that's that's pretty clever. I hate that the way that the ratings, the MPAA or whatever, they got a hold of the, the film and just took out all the gore, it seems like. I mean, it's there, but... Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I, I want a director's cut of that. I would love to see a director's cut of that film. I don't think that he knew 
it was just bad timing. Beekler knew that none of it would be left in, so he didn't even uh, have the footage color corrected or anything. So I think the footage is in one of the extra DVD things or something, but it looks yeah. so bad with the time code on it and stuff. You can see what we shot, at least. Yeah, it's cool. But, but there's no footage of it that would be quality enough to insert into the film. Because, you know, when you make a film, you don't just film things and then edit it. Right. That's what color correct is and everything else, so... Did you see what they did with Exorcist Three, where they did they put uh, his actual cut of it? It's real raw looking. They put it out on Blu-ray. Yeah, um, actually, I tell you what. If you want, I've, I've got an extra copy. If I can mail it to you, uh, it's a Screen Factory put it. Yeah, man, I'll be happy to. A little gift for you for doing this for us, but it's the director's cut of that, and it, it was initially called Legion, which they changed that too. But it is a completely different film, and it is super. Even though it's stock footage that they've put in the in the places of it, it is a gore fest. <laughs> right. Yes, and it's completely different. And it's the the uh, Mr. Blatty. It's his original vision of the film uh, as he wanted it before they had a field day butchering it, and they restored it but and put you're it. You're not talking about the original Exorcist. No, Exorcist three. Three. Okay. Yeah. But it's really gory, man. It's 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 like a totally different film, and it's got the the original film on Blu-ray with it as well. And then, but to watch them completely, there, it reminds me of looking at the stock footage of you know Friday Thirteenth Part Seven because it was like, my God, they really <laughs> must have took it to them at the, at the ratings thing. <laughs> yeah, oh, I I have never had another movie so completely cut down as much as by the 13th part 7 I mean every single kill is almost nothing yeah it just starts and then it goes to something else and it's, it's so frustrating to put all that work into something and I, I can't imagine how how it was for Bigler you know being told that oh can't have that can't have that can't have that or else it'll have an X rating right and, now, the ratings system is pretty arbitrary anyway. I mean, I don't like someone else deciding what I watch. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know? Same here. I just, uh, I don't like it. But I love the film. I love the the the, the psychic chick. And the it's, it's just, it's great. And your portrayal of uh, Jason, to me, is just iconic. And then, uh, which leads us into Jason Takes Manhattan. I absolutely love that film. The kills in that movie are <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a lot of fun. And one of the, in 40 years of doing films that I've been doing it now, that one night of shooting in Times Square was probably the most amazing thing I'll ever experience because, you know, the, the reaction of people seeing Jason out in public shooting a movie because normally it's done in, you know, <laughs> in the woods where nobody won't, no visitors are ever around. Right. Now all of a sudden I'm square and never, I never took the mask off when I was out there because I thought it would ruin the illusion and stuff. So I just stayed in character the whole night. I love it. I, I love all the stuff on the boat. I, uh, the rocker chick I think was my favorite kill on the boat. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's just it's awesome. Of course, my my favorite kill of the film is where you you put the the father into the <laughs> you throw him out the window and then put him in the toxic waste. <laughs> right. Yeah, which is not an easy stunt to do for this stunt guy. He put in a barrel of horrific shit, you know, very <laughs> viscous, liquid type stuff. And I, I put him in there, head first, slam him in there, and then he struggles for a while and then has to die and slumped in there. You know, not an easy thing to do. I think that was pretty well done. Oh, it's awesome. I I just can't get it. I love that film. It's gotten to me just with age. It's one of my favorite go-to films in the series. I just really like it. I did, I don't know. It's it's just fun. Was it was it fun shooting that film? It was. It really was. And I, you know, was so happy to be the first person to play the character a second time. That's oh, amazing. You know? and, never thinking I was going to do two more after that. Right. And, and and that no one else would even do a second one. That is pretty pretty humbling when you think about it. But I just loved playing that character. Well, you know, and I'll, I'll get into this when we get into even more stuff about Friday the 13th here in a minute, but if they ever do another film, they have to get you. I, I just... <laughs> I mean, I I wanted you, you know, I, I here's a fun story. I'll tell you this. A lot of people don't know this. I refused and have still never seen Freddy vs. Jason because you were not in it. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. I'm just not watching it. And I'll tell you another fun story. This is awful about the, the guy that played him. When we met Doug Bradley from the Hellraiser films, he was sitting beside me. This is a fun story. I'm not even making this up. This really happened. I was there with my with my wife. And we were talking to Doug Bradley, and it, uh, Ken, I believe is his name, that was sitting to the other side of him. And he looked at me, and he goes, that's nah, not Kane Hodder. And I go, yeah, it's not. And so we didn't even, we just sit there and kept talking. <laughs> so so Doug's a, Doug's a big fan of your work as well, I found out that day. so But uh, he was selling these shirts that says, Pinhead says no remakes, and all It was just funny, but he, he was a character. But yeah, he's a big fan of yours as well, so... Uh, uh, funny, but uh, J- uh, Jason goes uh, to hell. How did how did that come about? Well, I mean, by that time, fortunately, a lot of people thought I was kind of the guy, so I didn't have to worry. I was told right away that uh, Adam Marcus wanted me to play the character again for a third time, and. Uh, I read the script and thought it was a little strange. And I was like, uh, not a whole lot of Jason as we know him in the script, in the movie. But I'm not going to cause any waves and, you know, give somebody a reason to not want to use me. So I approached it the same as always. Uh, Just like, it's a different look of Jason, but I'm going to treated the same way and there were some fun scenes in it but ultimately I just thought it didn't have enough of the classic Jason in it. It's a weird, you know I tried watching it a while back and it's just a really strange film. It, it just is. It's I, I mean I like it kind of but it's just it's really weird. It's just a weird film to watch. Yeah, it's, it's certainly different and then It's super gory though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you go to Jason in space, and that's 
even stranger. <laughs> See, that's that was what I was going to tell you. That's my second favorite kill is the 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 woman's face into the into the uh, whatever where you get her and you put her in the the liquid and you and then you shatter her face. <laughs> yeah, that was a great kill, and I didn't realize when I smashed the prosthetic head that. I smashed it and lifted it up and the brain was sitting there. I was like, holy shit, that was good planning. <laughs> I didn't know they were going to do that. The Jason X, did, was that was that a fun one to shoot? Was that Did you like doing that one? Oh yeah, I loved that one because that was the first time we had a lot of money for the budget and a long time to shoot. I was on that film for three months where the longest I was on one prior to that was two months. So uh, we had another full month of shooting that movie, and it was it was interesting because I never shot one shot of that movie outdoors because it's always in space, and even the, the virtual reality scene with the campers right. and the lake and stuff that was still on the sound stage. That's awesome. We shot that in Toronto, so we shot the entire film indoors. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, I don't know. That's I like that film. I think it's fun to watch because I'm a big sci-fi fan anyway. So I didn't I didn't have an issue with it. It was it was different, but I thought it was cool. And as long as you were playing Jason, like I said. Uh, I know there were rumblings a while back, and you probably know more about this than I do, after the the 09 film, which I, I thought was a cool film. It was like Derek, I thought Derek was a kind of a cool, Derek Mears was a cool Jason, so. Yeah. It's not you, yeah, it's not what I, it's not what I wanted, but, you know, right. I, I thought he did a good job. Um, were you ever approached about that 09 picture, or? No. Nope. That doesn't make any sense no, to me. You would think that they... The, especially in the Freddy versus Jason, I always saw. I was like, "Why the hell did they not get? Why didn't they get you?" You know, I was like, "Yeah, I, I thought I was doing it. I was given the script and told by by a New Line executive that we were doing this movie. So I pretty much much told me I was doing it, and then suddenly I did. I wasn't. So well, see to me." That ruined it, and it wasn't. Just, it was like any of my friends, same way. It's like, well, he's not in it. We don't want to see it, you know. I mean, because that—that's to go back and imagine that film being made with you in it with Robert is iconic, you know. Yeah. But without you in it, it's just yeah. not the same thing. It yeah, looks. It was a tough point in my career to be passed over for that. You know, bad enough to not get the job, but to not get it after I thought I was told I had it. Right. That's worse, you know. Um, forget about what we first said. You're not doing it after all. But I was never even told that. That's I ridiculous. Just, uh, I was just ignored and never given a reason. Well. When I tried to find out why, nobody had a good reason. I mean, if it means something to you ever since I was a kid, you're Jason Voorhees to me. You will be till I'm dead and, you know. Well, I, I appreciate that. And it, uh, it does mean something because uh, a lot of people tell me that and so it's nice to feel that I'm not the only one that was disappointed by you know not doing that movie I mean Corey Corey's in his 20s my co-host the one you've been communicating with and stuff and you'd met same thing with him 
if it's not you, you know, we weren't interested in it. My wife's the same way. We're all three big fans and several of my other friends as well. Uh, if it's not you, and then which kind of leads me into the uh, Friday the Thirteenth the game, which I play religiously. I'm actually a level twenty five right now, which I'm pretty proud of. I'm trying to unlock the part nine, Jason. But uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Your 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 role in uh, in Friday the Thirteenth the game. Yeah, unfortunately, the guys that were making the decisions. Um, for, from for Gun Media and uh, Bill Fonick were all of the opinion that the first choice of someone to do the motion capture for Jason was me. Definitely. And they, they really thought that that was a clear, clear-cut thing they wanted. So they approached me about it. And I had done some motion capture years ago for a game that was going to be about a summer camp and a killer. <laughs> and the game never came out. Really? Yeah, so when I was approached again, I said, well, at least I have a little experience. I know how the mocap, you know, stuff works. And uh, they were like, you got to do this. The, the gamers would want you to do this and everything. So I was all for it. I was back as the character even if I if it wasn't in a movie you know it, it's the game and we started the motion capture January of 2016 okay that was the first mocap session and the most recent one was three weeks ago so we're still doing it even though the game is out they're still doing more motion capture for more um I don't know if I'm really supposed to say, but just for more of the game. So, well, there uh, was rumors that they were going to put the Jason X in there, and then I know they did an update recently where it has like the mini maps on it, and you know, right. it's awesome. I love the game, and it, it's a lot of fun to play, and it's. Uh, I, I was so happy when I when I unlocked uh, the the uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, Jason. So that's. Uh, <laughs> And that's why I'm trying right now. I'm trying to unlock part nine. So I just, as long as I have all my Kane Jasons I can play as, I can do seven, eight, and nine. So. <laughs> well, you never know what could happen in the future, too. So. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's exciting. It, it, it is a lot of fun, and um, you know, you, when you consider that some of the movements I did were up for other people's Jasons, like part three, Brooker, you know, right. Uh, I had to do a little running in the motion capture, which you know that I always avoided doing because I didn't think Jason should run by the time I was playing the character. Right, I agree. But, at the same time, Brooker did run. So, if you're playing in a skin that looks like part three Jason, you should be able to run. And sure right. enough, that's uh, what they thought too. So, it's kind of weird back to playing Jason, but doing things that I never thought I would do. <laughs> and but then of course doing the stuff I always do which is kill motherfuckers yeah which is awesome <laughs> <laughs> now do you, do you and at, that, at that last motion capture three weeks ago or whatever it was um, they had a couple of big YouTube gamers come down and visit and uh, one guy has logged 600 hours playing the game <laughs> 
God. And the game has been out, you know, uh, a couple months. <laughs> a little over two months. So that's pretty amazing to think you're playing 10 hours a day for two months. No, it's I play it every night when I when I get off of work or I get out of school. I'm I'm on there playing it, and it's it's so much fun. And no, do what now? Have you found some of the fun Easter eggs in the game? You know, the, like the videotapes. I've not really. No, I haven't. I, I. It's awful to say I haven't. I, half the time I'm running. Like if I'm a counselor, especially. I mean, I'm being honest with you. Here's your, a fun story. I have never won a game with a Jason that's using either eight or nine. You can forget it. You know, when I tell people, I'm like, we're fucked. If it's a, if it's a, if it's eight or nine, if it's those cane Jasons, we're fucked. We're dead. And I, that's the truth. And I'm, yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm a level twenty five, which I'm pretty proud of. But uh, Corey, my the, my host, also, we've never got past uh, a part eight or part nine. It's funny, but it's the truth. And it's, um, do you know? I was going to ask you. Do you know why they didn't put the uh, the part four Jason in? I don't either. I just thought it was kind of weird. I figured he would be in there, but... I mean, I know he looks like the part three one, I guess, but... Yeah, but you never know. Like I said, you don't know what's planned, and... Uh, oh, right, uh, right. There's fun Easter eggs, like... Uh, there's a photograph of me as myself somewhere on the wall. I gotta find that. I'm gonna look for it tonight. <laughs> one of the buildings. And, you know, there's all kinds of... When I've seen, obviously... I got killed last night on Hotter's Pass. Right, Hotter's Pass. I got killed there. Um, and then I, I was told you're the voice of the, uh, when you call the police. Uh, uh, in the game? Yeah, that's what, that's the rumor that everybody, all the gamers were telling me. I'll leave it at that then. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's. I mean, I love that, but the the game is it's it's a lot of fun to play, and if you get real people that competitive with it, um, it's it's just fun. But it's it, it's exciting, and I thought it was awesome when I when I saw. It. I guess they involved Tom Savini in it as well. Is that correct? Yeah, and Harry Manfredini, who's doing all the music. Oh, it's just it's so, just really cool. Yeah, and it's it's just very fun that you know Harry always did the music for the House movies. Right. Um, so I had worked with him before. But, uh, you know, Tom and I did a movie in Germany once, but we haven't done all that much together. Oh, really? Uh, we've known each other for years, but, you know. That's a winning combination for a new Friday the 13th film. You guys and him doing the makeup and you, Jason, yours, Jason. Oh, God, that would be... And Corey Feldman back. Wouldn't that be interesting? Oh, God, yeah. I would just be... It would be awesome, man. I mean, you know, I I had always heard, I'm sure you've heard this more than I ever will, but where they were wanting to do a thing where all the girls that survived went after Jason together. Yeah. Uh, you know what? There's a lot of good ideas I've heard. And, uh, you know, I would love to do it once more. Just one more time. The 13th movie. And, you know, yeah, I just think it would be a good idea. I can still be pretty violent, so. <laughs> oh, I have no doubt. <laughs> It'd be amazing. But, um, 
I've got, I've got yeah, we'll get to this and I'm so excited to talk to you about this I, I'm so excited I'm, I can't wait to get to see it uh, to Helen back uh, your story your documentary my documentary right you know we got such a good response from the book when it came out unmasked yes that you know I when I was approached by Derek to do the documentary I wasn't uh, as hesitant as I was to do the book because I saw how many people loved the book so I thought okay you know maybe it'll be interesting we can visit some of the places I talked about in the book and stuff and um, yeah and, and it's just getting very good response from the audiences that have seen it it was like I said premiered in London last weekend and uh, I have reviews up on my laptop right now from it and they're all really good I can't wait to see it yeah I mean like as you already know there's some difficult subject matter in there and and stuff along with the fun career things but some of the subject matter is hard to watch and um, you know hard to hear about but without fail that's what people respond to the most so well it's about your life I mean I I find it anything about you is fascinating I mean you're you're Jason Voorhees to me so I you know that's thanks I hope you like it when it's uh, more available. We're, we're, you know, doing kind of like, uh, you asked about Victor Crowley coming out. Adam's going to travel with it because of the thievery that happened. So he's going to travel with it doing screenings around the country. I'm going to have uh, to catch one of those. Yeah, I, I would suggest it because it's a fun movie and a lot of people who are big Hatchet fans are saying it's, it's their favorite one. Nice. Yeah, so it's a, you know, uh, you know, the first three movies took place over one weekend. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. They just back to back to back. And then this one is, you know, later. So uh, it's an interesting development of characters and, and to see who's in it and stuff. It's just cool. And I think Victor might be his most brutal in this one. I'm not sure. I can't wait. That's that's exciting. To, to I can't wait. Because I, I really liked Part 3. I thought Part 3 was... It just blew me away. I mean, I like all three of them, but Part 3 was... Right. I wasn't expecting it to be what it was. So, you yeah. never... I never know what you guys are up to when you guys are making a hatchet film, so... We don't either have the time. We're on the set and Adam says, okay, here's some more of the script. You know, he doesn't always give everything to everyone, which is kind of cool. Like uh, the, uh, hmm, eh, I better not say too much, but part of this this last movie, Victor Crowley, there was a section of the script that wasn't even given to the rest of the cast. Right. So that they wouldn't even know what was going to happen. I know it's a vague thing to say, but I think you'll know what it is when you see it. Even the cast that was at the screening Tuesday night in Hollywood, people that are in the movie were shocked when this scene came up because <laughs> they never even had it in the script. <laughs> I did, but they didn't. That's hilarious. Cool, cool thing. It's so much fun to work with Adam when he does stuff like that, you know? 
Well, that's that's cool. Hey, you guys plan to do some another hatchet film after this one if it does well? And I certainly hope so. That's awesome. I would love to. Yeah. Well, my dream yeah, is you know just I'm I love that character, but like I said, I'm I'm dying for the day when I see that you're Jason Voorhees again. So. Yeah, I would I would absolutely love it. You would, you would think Paramount would be as popular as that game is. As I mean, there's a life for that character. I can't believe that they're not getting somebody doing that. Yeah. And then I heard a while back they were remaking the very first film with his mom and all that stuff, and that never came to fruition. So. Yeah. You never know what the powers that be are thinking, but I would love to do it one more time. We would love to see you do it. That would fucking shit. I would absolutely feel like a fucking teenager. I'd freak out. But I think it would be a good angle for press, too. I mean, because a lot of people would think it's very cool that I was back under the mask, and it would be a good way to, you know, think it would be a good angle for the press. I don't know. What was that like when you did the Arsenio Hall show? That was so cool seeing that as a kid. <laughs> yeah, that was funny as hell because he he contacted me and said, I want you to be a guest on the show. I said, great, I'd love to. And he said, I want you to be in character. <laughs> I said, wait, wait, I'm going to be a guest, but I'm in character. Now I said, Arsenio, you realize I don't speak when I'm the character, right? He said, that's the whole point. So, uh, that's, he knew from the beginning it would be a funny bit and he would make it funnier by acting uncomfortable and asking ridiculous questions and stuff. So, yeah, it was fun. Loved it. Absolutely. I mean, what a way to promote that film, too. <laughs> I know. It was so cool. Yeah. Um, just real quick, we'll talk about a couple other things. Um, you're a yeah, because bi- I got to go shortly. Oh, sure, sure, sure. You're a big poker man. Yes, I am. That's I did not know that. I thought that was really interesting when I read that. I, I love the game of poker because it's not just all chance. It's it's kind of mathematical, which I've always enjoyed. Uh, that challenge, I love mathematical challenges, which is why I enjoyed stunts because so many times you have to design and calculate a stunt mathematically and, and to make it safer and stuff so I, I've always loved that and I just love the game of poker because it's the only game in a casino you can win without having any luck right if you're a good enough skilled player you can still win money even if you're unlucky any other game you have to get lucky to win right so uh, I, I played in the World Series of Poker this year in Vegas. Really? And, yeah. And uh, most people don't realize that the World Series of Poker is 70-some events. It's not just the one event that you see on TV. That's the main event. But there are 70 other events within the World Series of Poker over the course of two and a half months. Holy shit. In Vegas. So various buy-ins and they all every event you can win a bracelet which is what everybody wants because you show up at a poker table wearing a bracelet from a World Series event people know you're a serious player right Um, so 
so, and you can win a lot of money. It was just fun to do it. I uh, met one of my new friends. I did a movie with uh, a guy named Scott Barrows uh, this year where I was a victim and he was the killer. And, <laughs> oh, uh, God. Yeah, and I found out he was a big poker player. So later, we did that movie in uh, May, and later in June, uh, we hung out a little bit in Vegas, played played a little bit of poker together, and uh, it just uh, it was a fun experience. I've always wanted to play in that event. I will play in it every year now. I don't know when I'll play in the main event because, uh, you know, that, uh, that's an event that takes place over seven days. Right. So you have to really commit. I mean, if you're doing that well, you know, the winner wins eight and a half million dollars. So it's a sizable uh, challenge. Right. There's a lot of players in it. But yeah, I love the game. I play whenever I can. That's amazing. Um, well, to Helen back, the Kane Hodder story is traveling, and you can see that in theaters. Uh, Victor Crowley is traveling with the director. And you can see that in theaters. And you're going to be at Days of the Dead, Louisville, September 1st through the 3rd at Crown Plaza. Uh, yep, I am here now. Oh, you're there. Uh, I, came, I came here straight from London instead of going all the way back to L.A. and then coming back here a day later. So I just came straight here. And, uh, yeah, uh, Days of the Dead are fun events and got a lot of friends here this time. Uh, even some people from uh, Part Seven are here. That's what I heard. Yeah, I heard. Uh, I heard ben that. Butler and Lark Park Lincoln are going to be here. I heard. So that's awesome. It's always fun. Fun to be. You know, and that's one of the the best parts about doing a show like Days of the Dead or some of the other conventions is that you show up there and you're going to have friends, right? That you can hang out with because you've all done these shows before and you've done films together and stuff. So. It's a lot of fun, and we all like meeting the fans and stuff, and and uh, we're going to have a good time. And I want you to keep an eye out for one other film that I did this year called An Accidental Zombie Named Ted. Okay. It is a horror comedy. Okay. <laughs> I, hopefully, I am fucking hilarious in it. Uh, I play a character that I had a lot of fun with that uh, I hope I come off as funny because I sure had a good time doing it. And, uh, you know, those of you that don't think I'm funny, I'm going to kill you. So <laughs> I think I'm funny. <laughs> that's awesome. So definitely look out for that. That's that's amazing. And then you're going to be at Days of the Dead, Louisville, uh, September 1st to the 3rd this weekend. Uh, to Helen Back, the Kane Hodder story, the documentary uh, about my favorite Jason is in theaters, and Victor Crowley's traveling with the director, so you can go see the new Hatchet, and that'll be amazing too. And I can't thank you enough for doing this. You're a hero of mine. I've been a fan since uh, the first Friday the Thirteenth and the, the Part Seven that I saw you in, and I, I'm just a huge fan. I can't believe that I got to interview today. It's amazing. Thank you very much, and I appreciate the fact that your research, you were well researched, and and very well, no, thank you. This is amazing, and you'll you'll see Corey this weekend. Corey's coming to see you at the convention, so my co-host. And I'm going to send you, as I promised, I'm going to send you Exorcist Three on Blu-ray. 
Okay. So you can watch that cool director's cut. Hi, this is Kane Hodder. You're listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Keep listening, or I'll kill you. Whisper the cry, Father, down the line. There's a. Weird 